This is the Mealtime Magic and Mayhem podcast. I'm Trisha Clark, your host, cooking coach, and kitchen mentor. We're here to talk about all things food, wine, travel, cocktails, and mealtime memories. So many memories are made around the table. We all know mealtime can be stressful, full of chaos and mayhem, but it's also the universal connector, a catalyst for communication and connection, and a time to create magic and memories. So many of our memories are tied to food, and I can't wait to share some of those stories with you here. I'm here to share ideas, inspiration, and stories to help you experience mealtime with a dash of magic and just a sprinkle of mayhem. You can expect new episodes weekly, including a mixture of interviews, personal stories, and some fun conversations about our adventures and misadventures in the kitchen and around the table. I hope you walk away feeling inspired to try something new in your kitchen or around your table to create more connection with your friends, family, and beyond. Thanks for being here. Hey there, my listeners of Mealtime Magic and Mayhem podcast. I'm super excited about our guest today, and I'm going to learn something alongside with you. I'm bringing in Katie Mag. And she is a laughter yoga teacher and therapist. She helps bring laughter and wellness to all the ages. So before starting to practice laughter yoga, Katie worked for over 30 years as a nurse. During this time, she's helped patients obtain better health after a heart-related incident with exercise and education. She also realized that stress is really hard on people and that people often faced with troubles forget to laugh and help release the stress. So true. We get caught up in our own nonsense and we forget to take a breath and really soak in and enjoy the moment. Laughter has many benefits, including stress reduction, increasing energy, and even enhancing mental and physical well-being. She's been a speaker for 30 plus years, a wealth of knowledge and experience, and I can't wait to learn more about laughter yoga. So Katie, welcome. Thank you for having me, Trisha. All right. So this is Mealtime and Magic Mayhem podcast. So we're going to start off with a little bit of fun and a little bit about food, and then we're going to shift gears and really learning more about laughter yoga. And then we'll talk about how all people can get in touch with you. So I always love to start with a fun question. And your table topic question today is what TV host would you want to interview you? And my favorite part of these questions is and why? <laughs> oh, my heavens. I don't know. A lot of the interviews. I mean, I do go to the Hill and advocate for heart health. And I don't know, a political one would be kind of fun. Not really. I mean, they're a little more serious than I'm used to. Kelly, Ripa, maybe. That could be fun. I think so. And I think Aisha Taylor, because I do improv and I think we could banter back and forth and have a really good time. <laughs> oh, I want to see you guys co-host a Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, Wouldn't my God. Wouldn't that be a riot? <laughs> yes. That's, oh, yeah. We watched reruns of that all the time and it never fails to just, I mean, it doesn't matter how many times we've seen it and it doesn't matter how lewd, crude, ridiculous, or just bonkers it gets. We laugh so hard at that show. I would love to see one of those live. I just think that would be amazing. I'm actually part of an improv group. We meet together on Wednesday afternoon. There is a two retired engineers. So you can imagine they're very structured, a retired (laughs) school teacher retire judge and you would think they are so hilarious and so quick-witted and so fun I just can't beat it (laughs) that sounds amazing oh my gosh that would be so much fun it's too bad you're in Ohio and I'm in Arkansas because that would be super fun to go check that out actually we do it online (laughs) really oh my gosh okay we're gonna need the link to that okay 
Actually, there's everybody a- needs more of that in their life. <laughs> Actually, there's a video of us doing it. It's out there somewhere. I'll have to find it, but yeah. <laughs> I was doing a little research on laughter yoga and I found this article and apparently actor Carl Reiner in an interview, and he was 96 at the time. Laughter is my first priority. Every day he would tickle himself before he got out of bed. Like he wanted to start his day with laughter. And I just think that's amazing. I'm not about to tickle myself. Tickling is not my form of laughter at all, not even a little. But I think that just speaks volumes to living to 96 years old, right? Well, look at Betty White. She was 99, almost 100. And she was very quick-witted and very laughing all the time. I mean, what isn't there not to like? about laughter. Actually, babies, that's one of the first reactions they are interactions they have with their parents is laughter. It's smiling, then laughter. Yeah, you're right. And isn't it sad that somewhere along the way, we kind of lose that as we get bogged down, conditioned, whatever the word is that you want to use. And we, we lose that child wonder that happens with every new experience, right? Creates those moments of laughter. So, and I love to tie that together with, in my business, we're all about food and how do we create more connection around the table and how do we create situations of more laughter and really challenging women to even embrace your failures in the kitchen. And I hate to use the word failure, but I know that's how it makes us feel. So keep in mind, I'm using this as feeling like a failure. The kitchen mishaps that we have when things don't turn out the way we thought they would or the food's gross and we don't love it and the kids don't love it. You'll hear me say many times, even bad food can create conversation and laughter. So embrace those moments and like laugh it off, right? It doesn't have to be so difficult. The kitchen can be fun. It can be, I did a live video a few months ago and I was making these meatballs and I love doing live video. I'm so comfortable with it. I'm like, yeah, making these meatballs. They're beautiful. I look down, I've put them in the oven. I look over and I've got two prep bowls full of ingredients that never went in the meatballs right there in front of me. The <laughs> and I just laughed it off and I was like, we'll just see how they turn out. Think about holidays and stuff when you were growing up. Think about the holidays where there was a mishap. You probably still go back and laugh about those. We do. Right? That's what memories are made of. If you can laugh at yourself, oh my gosh, I made a mistake or I had something that, oh, okay. Those are the best memories. It honestly is. If you ever have a family member that's ill or whatever, it always goes back. And you always go to the kitchen. The kitchen is the center of the home, I swear, Mm. because everybody goes there. You go to somebody's house. Where does most people sit? Right in the middle of the kitchen. Yep. Right there. There's a conversation. Boom. Absolutely. In fact, my mother used to make this casserole and it was this layered casserole. I wonder if I would even like it as an adult actually, but it was layers of rice and ground beef and cream corn, which I don't even like and tomatoes. But as kids, very few things my mother cooked because I was a really picky eater. Why I ate this, I don't really understand. But my sister decided to make it once. And rather than topping it with paprika, she topped it with a ton of cinnamon. (laughs) And it was awful, awful. And I don't think she ever made that recipe again, but it's hilarious because it's one of those family staples that we all loved it. That story has lived for 30 plus years, which is just hilarious to me. But again, we've all had a good laugh about it over and over again. So share a little bit with me about, I get the sense that you've really figured out what works for you when it comes to meal planning and meal time and cooking. And you clearly don't take things too seriously, which is amazing. So what does that look like for you? What have you found that really works for you that might help give somebody else an idea of something different to try? What I do is I like to 
plan ahead because I have sometimes if I eat out, some food kind of bother my stomach. Some food doesn't, but some you just never know. Like when I go to work, I thought, oh, I'm going to eat this and it's going to be okay. Well, I was in distress the rest of the afternoon. So I just better off that I prep ahead. So I like to do freezer meals ahead or prep ahead meals. One of them that's like a famous one here is upside down pizza casserole. Tell me more about that. That sounds amazing. Oh, it is so easy. It's got hamburger and you could do hamburger or sausage or whatever. And you brown that and you put the onions, which you normally do. And then I put spaghetti sauce in it. And then you cook that. I'm trying to think what's all in it now that I'm thinking about it. (laughs) I think it's sour cream in it above that. Okay. And then I put the pepperonis and the cheese then. And then you take the top is actually crescent rolls and you roll that on top. Oh. And I always put a little bit of garlic butter on top. Oh, I take garlic and, my, and put butter. You know, like when you go to the restaurants and you have the sesame seeds on that, well, that on top. Then that freezes well after you've cooked it. I have froze it and it comes out fine. So is that one that you cook it, then freeze it versus freezing it and then cooking it? Okay. Correct. That is one. I'll be honest. I can make one and there's four of us. I have two adult children, 20 year old, and 23 year old, and then my husband and I, and that one of those will make us about two meals. Oh, wow. But that's great. Depends. Somebody's really hungry though. Not so much. (laughs) Our kids are the same age. Sounds like we're in very similar life stages as well. Could be. Okay. So do you have any others that are like, I know you mentioned the upside down pizza. Is there another one? Or if you had a couple of tips that you were going to give somebody who was new to meal prepping or freezer meals from your own experience, what would a couple of those tips be? Chicken breast, you can make a lot with chicken breast or noodles. Hamburger helper is okay, but you can make your own homemade hamburger helper that's just by certain ingredients. I do like to do some of the freezer meals and you put them in the freezer and then just throw it in the crock pot or you can put it in the oven. Either one with that. We make a chicken cordon bleu soup, but that's got ham and it's got chicken and it's got potato gnocchi in it and some cream at the end and Swiss cheese. So it's chicken cordon bleu in a casserole, but in a soup form that goes real well. That's real easy. That's when you can freeze, you know, you get the soup bone at Easter or how, or Thanksgiving time. You always have that soup bone. What are you going to do with it? Perfect. I like to do that. That's an easy one. I'm trying to think some of the other ones I do that are real easy. Spaghetti. Easy. I mean, that's an easy staple one. Those are great ideas. And for you listeners, I will find recipes or come up with a recipe for the upside down pizza casserole. And we'll be sure to link it in the show notes, whether Katie shares hers or we'll put both those links in the show notes. And freezer meals are a great way to take the stress off. They're great for planning ahead, but they're also great for those nights when you forgot to plan ahead and you're not really sure what to do. Well, actually, I had got this program through Passionate Penny Pinchers, and she has like recipes, like I bought the freezer meal. So it has five recipes for the week, and then it gives one dessert. So it gives you 12 weeks of recipes and then one dessert. And I got an app on my phone called Recipe Index, but you can just pop it in there. The recipe's in there. It will populate. If you're going to say, because my husband doesn't cook unless I kind of leave a detail, it's Recipe Keeper is the app, and you can download that app cost. I think it's like $5. It's not much, but you can plan ahead what you're going to do. And the freezer meals actually have like cards that go with it. That gives you instructions. You can do a PDF or you can do cards and you can say what you need to do that prep for that day. Cool. Cool. I'll put that link in the show notes. We all need to find the resources that work for us. I love Pinterest and I love Google, but they can absolutely be a rabbit hole. And so we all need ways to keep us out of that Google Pinterest rabbit hole. 
I use an app called plantoeat.com in a lot of my programs where you can save all your favorite recipes or import the URL. And then it has a drag and drop meal planning option. From there, it creates your grocery list. Okay. Same here. And it'll actually write out, it'll tell you planner. I like if you have the recipe and you have it in there and you have it in the cart or you have it in your cupboard, you can take that off that list. So it's easy if you want to use that and then your Walmart ad or wherever you get your groceries that just bring it out to you. I've done that more than once. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I don't go to the store anymore unless I absolutely have to. I spend too much that way. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Let's shift gears into laughter yoga. Share with us a little bit about what laughter yoga is. I am a practicer of yoga. I do laugh a lot, but I'm not really familiar with laughter yoga. Well, laughter yoga actually started by a Dr. Madan Fatari and his lovely wife in 1995 in Mumbai, India. So he realized how much benefit people receive from laughter. So they started in a park and after two weeks, their jokes got stale, but they realized by laughing, they still had benefits. So it actually started in one country, one park. It is now in over 116 countries in the world. I started in it with stress management with my patients in 2018, right before the pandemic, I got certified laughter yoga leader so I could lead it, but I couldn't teach it. Now I actually am a teacher so I can teach other people to be leaders, but it actually has so many benefits. You can do it with kids. You do a little different play. You do a little physical activity. You do breathing techniques and you do relaxation techniques at the end. You do a clapping because it elicits the hand or the pressure points in your hand. Wellness also. So that's one way you can use laughter for team building because once you laugh with somebody, it's hard to be mad at them because it releases that energy. And there's two times that you're always present in the moment. That's when you're laughing and you're breathing because you can't think of anything else. You can't think of the future and you can't think of the past. You have to be in that moment. That's such a great point. You know, and there's a lot of people out there teaching, breathing through stress and all those are great, but I've never really thought about the fact when I go to center myself, I always focus on the breath. I really ever connected that to the laughter piece, but you're absolutely right. When you actually laugh, you actually take a very full deep breath. So you increase your oxygen by 50%. So there's physical benefits to it. Um, I also do stress management classes and actually 70, 90% of all family doctors visits go relate back to stress. So you can have physical ailments from stress. You can have emotional ailments from stress. You can have mental illness from mental problems from stress, like forgetting your phone and things that simple can be related back to stress. It's very interesting when I first started it, you increase your oxygen by 50%. So when you do that, you think more outside the box also. And it's also a collaborator because they use it in companies. Actually in Mumbai, India, they actually use it in their corporations before they even start their day and in schools. That's amazing. Can you imagine if every company or even corporation like started their day with making their people laugh, what a better work environment people would have? It would be crazy. Well, it puts you in a positive spin versus, oh my God, I got to do my job again and blah, 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 blah. Because here's the study. The studies show that even if you're not involved in somebody's conversation and they're behind you and you hear them, your cortisol level, your stress level raises, even without even being in their conversation. So you think about somebody who's always constantly complaining or grumpy, your cortisol levels high without even being involved just because you're hearing it. Yeah. And their energy is contagious. 
Correct. But also the sum of the positive energy is contagious also. Have you ever been at stoplight car next to you? They're laughing. You see them laughing. You start laughing. You don't even know what they're laughing at, but it's funny. It is. Yeah. So true. I love to hear you talk about that because one of my big things is about bringing laughter to the table and bringing conversation to the table. I do that through a myriad of table topics questions. And we always asked our kids, what was the worst part of your day, the best part of your day? And then I always ended with what was the weirdest part of your day? Because it was guaranteed to make it something that would make us laugh or just to get the conversation stirred a different way than how was your day today or what did you learn? They don't want to talk about school anymore than we want to talk about work quite honestly, right? And so what are some of the things that you tap into when you're laughter starters, I guess, if you will? We do deep breathing exercises. I like to start where I have the person scan their body to see where their level is. Zero is, oh my gosh, I'm horrible today. 10 is so amazing. I don't know why I'm here, you know, and scan your body first before we even do it. Cause it's kind of hard. If you don't do that, you don't have a reference from where you start to where you're done. Where did you go? How much benefit did you feel like you got? Because if you ask at the end, if they've not had a scale beforehand, it's going to be kind of murky. So qualitative versus quantitative data, the qualitative, eh, not as well but that's how we range it. But I even have people sometimes when I get on a meeting with somebody because it's easier to feel more grounded is just do a couple deep breathing exercises. And it's just a matter of breathing in. We can do that right now if you want. So we'll just practice right now. Take a deep breath in and exhale. And take another deep breath in and hold. And exhale. Now this time we're going to laugh when we exhale just to get all that extra junky air out of there, okay? So you're going to take a deep breath in and laugh out. (laughs) Usually I do that twice because that's usually kind of one, but usually the second laugh is usually a heartier laugh. And then that's a good way to start our meeting because that, that bonded us a little bit and then we can be on the kind of the same page. Oh, that's beautiful. So do you teach these classes online or just in person? I do in person. I actually go into some corporations and help them with some of their programs. I actually, I'm two years into Apply Therapeutic Humor. So I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. It's an organization that is spreading humor throughout the world. Do you know who Patch Adams, the doctor, the movie about the doctor? Yeah. He is a real person and he really is part of this movement, humor and how much it benefits people. So I'm part of the Applied Therapeutic Humor. So it'll take me another year and a half to become a certified Applied Therapeutic Humorist. They use it in John Hopkins with their patients for pain control. Sometimes they use it because even with laughter, it helps your T cells and B cells with cancer. So there was Norman Cousins is a famous person who was told he had cancer. He was in the hospital. He checked himself out of the hospital. He went straight to a hotel and just watched comedies, which helped him. If nothing else, it helped his mood, but it actually helped him. They said he was cancer was almost all gone. So you think about mindset with that. Yeah. I mean, mindset is such a critical piece of all of it, right? So I guess... It's easy for us, I feel like, to think of the people, the things, the shows, the movies that make us laugh. But in the absence of those, what do you recommend that people do to tap into that? You can laugh at anything. You can laugh at the absurdity, thinking how the trees open up. I was laughing this afternoon. I have my husband's one of them that toilet papers goes to the back of the roll. I'm the one that goes in the front of the roll. His is notoriously always unrolled. Mine usually not, but apparently we've gotten a cheap roll over the top. (laughs) 
Exactly. No, mine did not. Mine unraveled today. I'm in there. I'm in the bathroom. Thank goodness I had toilet paper. I'm just, I'm not complaining of that. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I got some off and I got done doing my job. All of a sudden, I hear, and the whole toilet paper roll was on the floor. And I'm like, well, <laughs> number Roll one, I'm glad up. I had some. Yeah, yeah. No number evidence. One, I had some and no cat. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have had toilet paper everywhere. But. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. And it's just something silly. And think about how kids laugh three to 400 times a day, adults 17. Why? Be a kid. Remind yourself of just some of the simple things in life. Let yourself play. I, I have to laugh. I can tell the people who really stressed when I come walking in and I have a poster that says caution adults at play. You can tell the adults that really are stressed because I'm pretty sure some of them are about ready to have a heart attack on me. And it's like, <laughs> relax. I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. I actually have toys on my desk. You can't see that. One thing I have is poo because, you know, shit always hits a fan. Yes. It's called poodoo. And this thing is the first thing that people take off my table. You throw it against the wall and it comes down. I've had people that are friends that go to the hospital. I will send some with them, which is funny. I have this is laughter pill. <laughs> oh, that gut laugh. There's nothing better than the sound of a child gut laugh. There's just. Yes. Something. Oh, yes. I got that. I got. <laughs> I got oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how fun. Are you planning to launch something online? I would like to. A lot of the people that do the online laughter yoga sessions don't do as many. Does that make sense? I mean, I think they do 10, 15, whatever. I actually do one-on-one counseling because I'm actually certified in happiness coaching, brain health coaching, stress management, and I've been a nurse for over 30 years. I actually teach. I actually am a cardiac rehab nurse. So I have realized how much stress affects your heart. In 2017 was the first year I went to the hill and it was one out of every 40 seconds somebody in the United States dies from heart disease. Okay. From then till now, when we went in March, the last statistic was October of 2022. And it's one in every 34 seconds somebody dies of heart disease. And risk factor is stress. One of the risk factors is stress. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, I am at the risk of sharing too much with my listeners. I have some digestive issues, and, but my number one trigger for all of those things to rear their ugly head is stress. And so managing my diet is a big part of it. Managing the types of foods that I eat. I don't diet, but the foods that I eat and the foods that I choose, I have to be conscious of. Much like you said, when I go out to eat, there are things that can not settle well. But if I'm stressed, the struggle is exponential. Stress is my number one trigger. And so that makes complete sense to me. And that stress can affect so many things about the health, heart, digestive, just even think panic attacks. There's so many people I know that end up, they go to the hospital because they think they're having a heart attack and they can't find anything wrong. And it's that overwhelming panic, that overwhelming stress. And so I think the work that you do is absolutely incredible and so necessary. I know I'm probably asking some really mundane questions that seem like no-brainers, like how do you tap into that laughter in the absence of all those things when you're super stressed, right? And so I think for those that are carrying around that stress, really having to take a moment to think about what are the things that make me laugh and can you make yourself laugh in that moment? Can you tap into that? And if they can't, do you just recommend those deep breathing techniques to get to get there? 
actually deep breathing just alone can get you out of that moment. Laughter actually changes your perspective. And that's why when you ever see an email from me, that's one of the things I put on there. Laughter changes your perspective because it does, Mm -hmm. because it does give you deep breath. It gives you that extra moment to think about the next step because you're in the present moment when you're in that laughter or even that deep breath. So it's very imperative. I suggest people if they're having a problem, some things can't be talked through or walked through or whatever, and then definitely see professional assistance. But 70, 90% of all family doctors visits relate back to stress, whether it be eye twitching, whether it means blood pressure, backache, because your muscles tighten up. Then my first laughter yoga session, I had to laugh. We actually was an intense session. We lay back and did the one relaxation technique. We sat up and everybody looked younger because their facial muscles relaxed. And I'm like, yes, the fountain of youth, here I come. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, just a little tickle, you know, hey, and you can tell the people who laugh a lot because they have laugh lines. And I used to be embarrassed that I had laugh lines. And now I'm like, well, whatever. If you don't like it, don't look. It's no, fine. I earned those. <laughs> I know I did. I earned them too. Yeah, I earned those. I just can't say enough about how amazing that I think your work is, honestly. Thank you. I'm trying to get the word out. I'm trying to build it even more. Like I said, I'm part of the Applied Therapeutic Humorist. I talked to an organization this morning. I had a conversation with a couple other podcasts today. They're going to get out there also. I'm willing to work. I've got some clients now, always more. I know being a caregiver, as I said, I have a 23-year-old. He actually, I learned to do stress management then. I did stress management since I was a kid. I've actually co-authored in two books this year. One is Cinderella Monologues. And my chapter is called Seasoned with Wisecracks because I'm older and I got wisecracks, but I always use laughter. And I didn't realize I used laughter until I didn't. My oldest son was a pound and 12 ounces at birth. He had a trach for three and a half years. Meal planning and stuff was very, very difficult because I had to be right there. I didn't have much help. And I didn't realize how much I needed that until I got sick. My younger son was born. I started limping. I had some medical conditions and some of it, if I'm stressed, is 20 times worse Mm. than if I'm, or if I can keep it under control. It does make a difference. You wouldn't think it would, but it does. In mindset, I'm human. And the humankind, I think we all as humankind kind of forget we need to be kind to us. Yes, absolutely. Well, where can everybody get in touch with you, follow you, read to you? What would you like them to do to get in touch with you? Oh, please. I have a Facebook page called KM Wellness Consulting. I also have a LinkedIn page, KM Wellness Consulting, or if you can look up Katie Mag. I tell everybody I'm boring, but I'm probably not really boring. I just kind of say that because I think I might be. (laughs) I think I am. So far, you've got a wealth of experience. You laugh a ton. You're involved in improv. I would hardly say you're boring. (laughs) I'm quick-witted, maybe. I don't Quick-witted for sure. (laughs) Yes. I have to laugh because we live in a very rural area. And somebody said that we were at Phoenix and they said, oh, you're very quick-witted. I said, look, my nearest neighbors are cows. You have to build your own entertainment. I'm just saying. (laughs) The cows are probably a tough crowd. (laughs) They are, you know. If Bessie don't do a move, meh. <laughs> yeah. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. We will definitely drop your links in the show notes. I would love to drop the links to your recipes in the show notes. 
Yep. And you guys remember that laughter and what Katie's talking about really taps into the same energy as when I'm talking about bringing joy and connection to the table. Both really create a supportive and positive environment for you to get out of the stress and overwhelm and really thrive. They are all of it really is interconnected. So if you need help de-stressing, be sure to contact Katie. And if the meal prepping and the food planning and some of those things hit home with you and you need help with mindset around food and meal planning and figuring out what works for you, get in touch with me. My last call to action, given the laughter we've had in this conversation, it has inspired another podcast episode. I want to hear, I want you to send me all of your crazy kitchen mishaps that have been carried down through your family. And I want to share your stories on a podcast episode. So if you want to type those up and send them to me and get in touch with me or send me a voice clip, I think that would be hilarious. And one way for me to help Katie spread the magic of laughter. Oh, thank you. Yes, definitely. I could tell you one. Oh, share it with us before we go. Okay. So my aunt's husband, while well, he had a friend and he was a single man, bachelor, whatever. And he just loved her tuna noodle casserole. She made tuna noodle casserole. Well, lo and behold, he was just a ranting and raving about it. Here she forgot to put the tuna in it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really noodles and sauce that he loved, not necessarily the tuna, which makes total sense to me. That's hilarious. I'd probably eat twice as much tuna noodle casserole without the tuna. No, I oh, that's great. So when you said that, I had to tell that story yeah, as well. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you again. We will talk again soon. And thank you again so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and enjoy your holiday weekend. Thank you also. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go hit that follow button, subscribe, leave us a review. And if you're ready to change what mealtime looks like for you, breaking that cycle of chaos and having more fun in the kitchen, build some confidence and discover your love of cooking, schedule your free Dish with Trish call at the link in the show notes. We'll chat a few minutes and you'll walk away with personalized strategies to take your mealtime routine from tired to inspired. See you next time.